Welcome to the Accra Community Church Podcast. So glad you stopped by. We hope that as you listen to today's sermon, the Holy Spirit through his word will refill you, recharge you, and equip you for the rest of your journey with him. Listen to today's sermon. This morning, I want to share a very short word on the power of community. Community is our middle name. Our name is Accra Community Church. Um, there's a secret to community according to scripture. Amen. You know, it doesn't matter how smart you are as a person. You notice your two eyes will never see your face. Do you realize that? All your life, you will never see your own face with your own two eyes. You'll see a reflection of your face in the mirror. <laughs> so our sense of who we really are is highly shaped by what our community tells us we are. That's why the Bible will tell you in Proverbs thirteen twenty that he that walks with the wise shall be wise, but the companion of fools shall be destroyed. Because if you walk with fools, they keep telling you foolish things. You believe foolish things. You do foolish things. <laughs> and it destroys you. But if you walk with the wise, you become wise. Amen. In fact, our people will say, show me your friends and I'll show you your character. Our sense of self is highly determined by the opinions of others. And that's why it's important that God places us in great communities with great people around us. People who speak God's mind to us. People who tell us the truth in love. People who will love us truly. Amen. Amen. So this morning, I'm sh- I hope it will be very short so we can pray for one another. Amen. The- I want to contrast two stories in scripture, you know, in, in, in the gospels. There are two accounts of paralyzed men or lame men that Jesus healed. Two very different accounts, two very different scenarios. And I want us to look at them. The first one is in Mark chapter 2. Verse 1 to 12. Mark chapter 2, verse 1 to 12. It says, When Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, the news spread quickly that he, had, he was back home. Soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room even outside the door. While he was preaching God's word to them, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, so they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, My child, your sins are forgiven. But some of the teachers of religious law who were sitting there thought to themselves, What is he saying? This is blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Jesus knew immediately what they were thinking. So he asked them, Why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or stand up, pick up your mat, and walk? So I'll prove to you that the Son of Man has has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. And the man jumped up, grabbed his mat, and walked out through the stand on Lucas. They were all amazed and praised God, exclaiming, We've never seen anything like this before. Amen. So this is Mark 2, 1 to 12. And here a paralyzed man. We never really get to know his name. He's brought in by four friends. And Jesus heals him. 
Now let's put that by another story in John chapter 15. John 15 verse 1 to 9. Jesus heals a layman. He says, afterward, Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holy days. Inside the city, this is John chapter 5 verse 1 to 9. Verse 9, 9, I'll read just the first sentence in 9, verse 9. It says, Afterward, Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holy days. Inside the city, near the Sheep Gate, was the pool of Bethesda, with five covered porches. Crowds of sick people, blind, lame, or paralyzed, lay on the porches. One of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. When Jesus saw him and knew that he had been ill for a long time, he asked him, would you like to get well? And the man replies, I can't, sir, for I have no one to put me into the pool when the water bubbles up. Someone else always gets there ahead of me. Jesus told him, Stand up, pick up your mat and walk. Instantly, the man was healed. He rolled up his sleeping mat and began walking. Amen. So these are two stories of two different men both paralyzed or lame that Jesus healed amen but there's a difference in this story and the main difference in this story is community amen so in the first account we read in Mark chapter 2 verse 1 to 12 this man has four friends in his life who carried him on a mat took him to Jesus wherever Jesus was. Once they heard Jesus had returned to Capernaum and this was Jesus' house. So they knew this was Jesus' house. They probably had been monitoring, waiting for word for when this man who is busy traveling doing miracles everywhere will return home. And the moment they heard the man had returned home, they rushed picked their friend, put him on a mat. When they got there the place was oversubscribed. (laughs) Too many people. In fact, there was even no space outside. So you know what? They, the audacity of it. They said, listen, we'll destroy his roof. <laughs> we'll pay for it. We don't mind. So they dug a hole through Jesus' roof. Just so they can get their friend healed. Amen. And the Bible says Jesus was shocked at their faith. <laughs> Amen. In the second story we read in John chapter 5, we notice that this man has been sick for 38 years. And when Jesus asked him, would you like to get well? He said, sir, I can't get well. Why can't you get well? Is it because the angels don't come and stir the water? No, the angels do come and stir the water. Why can't you get well then? He said, for 38 years, I have had nobody to help me to get into the water when the angels stir it. Amen. In Genesis, God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. Amen. In other words, if you think about this man's story, do you think if he had had people, he would have had to carry his sickness for 38 years? Because the problem wasn't that the waters couldn't heal. The problem wasn't that God hadn't made provision. The problem was that I have no one to put me into the pool when the water bubbles up. Amen. There are many people carrying their burdens in church and carrying it alone because they don't have proper community. 
You can say you have friends, but if your friends are people who can't share your burdens, you can't tell your, you know, your most difficult heartaches and headaches to. Are they friends? <laughs> if your friends are only for good times, are they friends? I mean, let's face it. So we see in these two accounts, and this is the main difference. So this man had to wait for when Jesus himself took himself to the pool of Bethesda. If Jesus hadn't gone by Bethesda, he probably would have been waiting. So now that would have been 2,000 and something, 38 years. You know, He would have been waiting for that long. But in the first story we read, because he had community, the community could lift him up in prayer. Amen. They carried him to wherever Jesus was. And that is the big difference with life. Having a proper community around you. Amen. So community is not just when we have a potluck. Potlucks are great. Amen. Community is not just when we meet in church to worship and pray. That is great also. But it goes way more than that. Amen. Jesus said, by this men will know that you are my disciples when you love one another. Amen. There is something about the Christian community. The Bible says they were observed in Antioch and the people said, looking at these people, the way they keep, you know, sh- you know they, they, they break bread together, they, they share their properties, they are always together. They have been with Christ. So they were called Christians for the first time. Amen. There's a dream I had two nights ago. It's, it's, it was a very unusual dream. But I felt when I woke up and was confused by the dream, I heard God say, this is the picture of the church today. You know, and I felt that it was urgent that I share on this and we talk about this. Amen. So in the dream, I was walking through a forest. And then out of nowhere, I saw a door. So basically, almost like when there's a bomb explosion and people fly out. So you see, I saw a couple. And I don't know whether they were leaning on the door when the explosion happened. But basically, they came flying on the door. The door hit the ground and then they rolled off. And two farmers in the forest who were doing their own thing started exclaiming. They were were just shouting. And I got there. When I got there, I looked at the door. It was a very shiny door, very nice door, very strong door. The door wasn't damaged by the explosion or the crash. I was fascinated by the door. So I picked it. (laughs) And just when I turned, I saw the couple who had crashed and rolled into the forest. And I hadn't bothered to check on them. I hadn't bothered to see where they landed. All I was interested in was their door. And then, when, as they were walking towards me, you look at the couple, and they were impeccably dressed. They were so well-dressed, you would think they are you know, some fashionistas or some fashion icons. You know, Beautiful couple. Superbly dressed. And I was so embarrassed holding their door, <laughs> not checking on them, and looking at them. But we got into a conversation. And then they said, well, they actually have built a house in the forest nearby. Beautiful house. And then I think there was a gas leakage and there was an explosion. And their children are trapped in their house. Now, the funny thing is, I'm looking at this couple. They look perfect. 
Nothing about them will tell you that their house is on fire and their children are trapped in that house. So I rushed with them towards the house and I could see the children in the house and the house was on fire. And as we were rushing towards the house, I woke up. I woke up feeling embarrassed <laughs> because I had literally stolen their door. And I was like, but what kind of dream is this? You know, and the Lord said, no, this is the picture of the church. People come to church and they look so perfect that if you were to find out their house is on fire, you wouldn't believe it. But their house is on fire. So this is the picture of the church. They look so clean. If they were to tell you that it's not just that their house is on fire, but their children are trapped in that fire, you wouldn't believe it because nothing about them tells you what they are going through. And then he also said, this is also the other picture of the church. People come and they are only interested in doors. You know, the door is a symbol for opportunity. You know, he said, God will open a door for you. You know, uh, ancient doors. Be ye lifted up everlasting doors. Let the king of glory come in. You know, people come to church and their focus is on what they can get, what their needs are, you know, their own God making a breakthrough for them. Not interested at all in other people. So everybody comes looking all perfect, all clean, but people's houses are on fire. And all people are interested in is personal doors, personal breakthroughs. And that is not what Christ wants for us. Amen. A healthy Christian community will be a place where we care about one another. It will be a place where when we check, on, we check up on people, when we say, how are you? We actually wait for an honest response. Amen. It will be a place where people can confide in us and can trust us with their secrets. God loves godly Christian fellowship. He says that where two or three, in fact, the moment we start gathering, he's already there. He says where two or three are gathered together, I'm already there. Once you start gathering in my name, I show up. God loves it when we fellowship. Amen. When we check up on one another. In Hebrews chapter 10, 24 to 25, he says, and let us consider how we may spare on one another untoward love and good deeds not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Amen. We have to spare one another. Encourage. Why do you need to encourage one another? Because sometimes you'll be discouraged. Amen. Maybe today is my day of discouragement. You are the strong one. Encourage me. Tomorrow you may be the discouraged one. See I should encourage you. We should encourage one another. Amen. Why do you have to spare one another on? Because sometimes it gets tiring. Sometimes it's just too hard to go by yourself. You need somebody, you need, you need somebody to be cheering you on. You can make it. Keep going. Keep going. Yes, yes, yes. And next thing you know, you've run a marathon under two hours. Everything is possible if you have community. Amen. A man just broke the world record for you know the fastest man to ever run under two hours. 
And when you check, basically he had a team of supporters. His wife was standing right by the finish line. Uh, that's a good aspiration, you know. It's something great to look forward to. Like my wife is at, <laughs> at the finish line. If I stop anywhere in the middle, I won't see her. <laughs> so he did it. You know, he made it. Amen. This morning, I want us to pray for one another. Last week, we did, we did some of it. I wasn't here. I was in Burkina. But I hear it went tremendously well. Amen. And this morning, I'd like us to pray for one another again. Amen. But I want us to pray for one another as if the person you are praying for, you know their house is on fire. Amen. Pray for them with passion. Amen. And, you know, before we get into prayer, I, I want to share quickly on the obstacles. You know, the, I mean, if community is so great, how come there aren't that many successful communities? You know, and of course the devil hates godly Christian communities but some of the main challenges uh, to community are, are listed uh, in Proverbs chapter 6 I'll, I'll go through them quickly and, and hopefully it will be uh, a caution for us because as we get to pray for one another and hear people's burdens and issues the objective is not to carry it out there you know but we support them and it stays here amen in proverbs chapter 6 verse 16 to 19 the bible says there are six things the lord hates no seven that he detests he really i mean the word detest is stronger than hate you know uh, he detests and, and these are the seven he says haughty eyes the word haughty is an old word for pride but it means it's, it's a very heavy word so i actually decided to print the dictionary's uh, synonyms for haughty and you find words like proud, vain, arrogant, conceited, snobbish, stuck up, pompous, self-important, superior, egotistical, condescending, smug, scornful, contemptuous, disdainful, overbearing. You know, he says God detests people with that. Somebody raises their brain like, ah, get your life together, you two. <laughs> Say, God detests that. Amen. So, he detests haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that kill the innocent, a heart that plots evil, feet that race to do wrong, a false witness who pours out lies. And the last one was actually the reason why I, I went to this. A person who sows this cord in a family. Amen. This is about gossiping. A person who sows discord in a family. God detests gossiping. When we talk about sins in church, normally people like to talk about some violent sins, you know, murder, rape. And God says, no, pride, I really detest pride. I abhor it. I can't stand people who are proud. And people who gossip. Amen. So this is a cautionary, uh, caution for all of us. I want us to do the counting. One, two, three, four, five. One, two, three, four, five. And then we form circles and we pray. And remember, if somebody shares a prayer topic, it stays here. Amen. If it ever comes to mind, you pray for them. Amen. This is how God builds amazing communities. Amen. 
We hope this sermon blessed you. If it did, will you consider sharing it with a friend? And if you're in Accra looking for a spirit-filled community to worship with, why don't you join us at Mikado Plaza, the Bonnie Junction, Accra, on Sundays from 9 to 10.30 a.m. You can also follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Accra Church and visit our website, accrachurch.org, for more sermons. God bless you.